Mark chapter 2. Go with us to Mark chapter 2. But before we start with the scriptures, I want to ask some questions. I think it's important that um, we ask some questions first. And all those questions are going to be on the screen one by one so that you can answer within. You don't have to answer out loud. But you can answer within. What is it that you want? What is, what is it that you want? That's a really wide open question, isn't it? Don't answer that out loud. Just think about it. Look at those words and think about it for a moment. My second question for you today is, do you want to feel better or to be better? I know that seems weird to ask, but I think it's a good question. Do you want to feel better or do you actually want to be better? There is a difference, you know. And then third, my third question is, do you want change to be permanent or temporary? What is it that you want? To feel better or to be better? Do you want change to be permanent or temporary? Or are you just unsure about it all? Hmm. Who you look to is the answer to these questions. Who you look to? Who do we go to? That's those, th th this is the answer to all our questions. It depends on who you go to. Yes, mother. Yes. Our topic for today, Destination Jesus. I want to begin by saying, I can't fix you. I can't heal you. I can't make you better. I can't make your financial problems go away. I can't make your marital issues disappear. I don't have it in me. I'd like for Elder Darian, Elder Johnson, and Elder Smith to stand up. I'd like for Pastor Leslie to stand up. I'd like for Deacon Kane to stand up. Mother Trapio, raise your hand. Mother Carve, raise your hand. I'd like to say that they can't fix you. They don't need to carry that kind of weight. Thank y'all. Y'all are awesome, though. Y'all some great people. They know the word. They believe the word. But they can't, they can't heal anybody in this room. They are not the healer. God can, if he chooses, do those things through us. But by and large, we're not the answer. It wasn't until I realized that, that I became free. 
Because people will put on you. I want to speak to all of y'all who have ministry gifts. People will put stuff on you that you're not built to carry. They will give you responsibilities, Angie, to do things for them that is not yours to do. God might decide to speak a word of prophecy through us for a person, and then he might not. Just because he said something Sunday don't mean he's going to say something like that today. I feel this one in my spirit. I want you to look around at this building. This building can't fix you. Can't heal you, can't deliver you, can't set you free. A cost was prayed paid to do that. Blood was shed to do that. And only one person earned the right to be sought at that level. And his name is Jesus. He went to the cross. If one of us would have been praying at Gethsemane, it might not have got done. Let me tell y'all who all these anointed people go to when they need help. I'm not going to call their name, all these famous TV people uh, uh, who preaching on TV and we paying uh, tons of money to go here and preach in person. I'm going to tell you who they go to. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. And no man come to the Father except by me. There are no other intermediaries. This is not a religion where you go to a man to get to God. So who you go to lets you know what you want. Because if you want to feel better, you go to a man. If you want to be better, you go to Jesus. If you want it to be temporary, you go to a man. If you want it to be permanent, you go to Jesus. Somebody shout, I'm going to Jesus. Would somebody say, destination Jesus. I come today to tell you about a man that can fix anything that's wrong with you. Heal any sickness. Deliver you of any bondage. Set you free from any captivity. Make a way where there is no way. So powerful he can raise the dead. What's his name? I need y'all to act like you know him. What's his name? I don't know how many times Jesus did what people thought was impossible before he did it. What we really need is Jesus. No, for real. If you, if you want to be delivered, if you want to be changed, if you want your life to be different, if you want to stop seeking after all this stuff in the world that does not make you happy, why is it that we have everything we want and still bitter? 
you should be happy. You're doing what you want to do, right? You're being who you want to be and still bitter. I ain't talking to nobody, just talking about what I'm talking about. But if you feel talked about, then maybe this is for you. He's talking about me. Yeah, well, maybe the Lord is. Maybe he's not talking about you. Maybe he's talking to you. And he's letting you know, aren't you did what you wanted to do? You went where you wanted to go. You're with who you wanted to be with. You got what you wanted to have. And you're still bitter. Maybe you need me. But you keep rejecting what you really need. And embracing what's killing you. More money not going to make it better. More prestige is not going to make it better. But more... It's all we have, mother. The truth, the whole truth. And nothing but the truth. Isn't that something that they have us put our hand on the Bible that they don't believe in? I just thought about that. You go to court, they have you put your hand on the Bible, and then they tell you you can't preach from it. Well, if this is not the truth, then why do I have to put my hand on it to promise to tell the truth? Must be the truth. But truth is a funny thing. Elder Smith, truth is not always comfortable to hear. Sometimes truth makes us mad, angry. But the truth is something. Truth don't tell you nothing but the truth. That's all truth does. Truth, truth, it, that's all it can do. Let's look at this scripture for a minute. I want to show you something. We're not going to be real long. Just hang with that. When Jesus, thank you, Deke, I will. When, when Jesus returned to Capernaum several days later, the news spread quickly that he was back home. If you recall, Jesus was in Capernaum earlier. Remember last week? He was in Capernaum. He was doing great miracles and wonderful works. And then he, was, he was, uh, went to pray, and they came and said, everybody's looking for you. And he left because he was like, y'all not going to dictate to me what I do. And then he left and he went to another city and he did his work. And this is where he meets the leper and he delivers the leper, cleanses the leper. And now he's back home. And they found out he's back home. Verse 2, soon the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors that there was no more room, even outside the door. So can picture this for me. It just, if you just put on your imagination for just a moment and, and just imagine that there's so many people in the house that you can't get in, Lamar. But not only that. The, the crowd is outside the door so much you can't even get to the door. So think about if real life was that packed that you'd have to stand across the street to hear me preach. That's how packed this house was, okay? And, and they say that this was most likely Peter's house because Peter lived in this area. And so it says here, uh, while he was preaching God's word to them. So he wasn't doing miracles. He was preaching the word and it was that many people. All right, but hold on for a minute. Hold on for a minute. Just before you form any opinions, hold on. Verse 3, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat, okay? They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, right? So they dug a hole through the roof above his head, and then they lowered the man on his mat right down where? In front of Jesus. Destination where? Jesus. Seeing their faith. 
Jesus said to the paralyzed man, my child, your sins are forgiven. Normally I will keep going, but I think we'll go there next week and talk about authority. But this week we're going to deal with this group of people here that just brought their friend to Jesus. And I'm sure, I'm sure he tried a lot of things before he got to Jesus. And isn't that the way it is? How many of y'all tried a lot of things before you got to Jesus? And we wanted George to feel better. And then we came to Jesus and found out we could be better. And then whatever we did, it only helped temporarily. I remember in order to drown my sorrows, I would drink. I was a rum and coke kind of guy. And I would go and get my, co- my Coronas and I would drink in order to feel better. But I just felt that was temporary. Because once my buzz was gone, reality was right there in my face. And some of us have many different ways to get buzzes. Some of us are buzzing with another person. I'm going to talk about what I'm talking about. And so after that act is over, it felt good during, but once it was over, reality was still in your face, and you just had to understand that there is no love like the love that comes from the Most High God. It is not based on your 36, 24, 36. It's not based on how good you can be. It's based on the fact that he just decided to love you. Isn't that awesome that we don't have to feel better? We can be better. And when you are better, you feel better. Somebody say, I am better, so I feel better. I, I need all y'all saved, Holy Ghost-filled people to say, I am better, so I feel better. I, I, hey! And I'm not going until my next fix. Because this here that he did with me is poignant. Somebody say it's poignant. It's poignant. This lasts forever. What he did in me. Amen. This change is life lasting into eternity. Say amen. That's how he works. So verse 2 indicates that there was a crowd. There was a crowd. Jesus is preaching to the crowd. That sounds good. It really does. It sounds good to think that a bunch of so many people wanted to hear the word that the place was over, overrun. That would be if everybody wanted to hear the word. Everybody who was in the room where the word is preached didn't come for the word. So it's going to challenge some. Okay. The pillar New Testament commentary has a lot to say, has a lot to say, Elder Johnson, about crowds. Really kind of put things in perspective for me. Did. There are people who want their churches to be filled with people. Uh, that'd be nice for real life to be filled with people, but I, I'd like for real life to be filled with people who want Jesus. Amen. And not people with varying agendas. Moving on from that. Mark never describes crowds turning to Jesus in repentance and belief as the gospel requires. He never describes crowds of people turning to belief in Jesus and repentance as, as the scripture requires. He, that crowds didn't do that. Individuals did, but crowds by and large didn't. Number two, in respect to understanding and faith, crowds generally demonstrated passivity. Passivity, they were passive. They, passive. The word passive means existence without activity. 
So crowds exhibited existence without activity. They, they came, they heard, but they didn't do anything. Amen. So really, they were just kind of sitting in the room. And there was no difference made. And so what, what ministers, pastors, elders, uh, prophets, and things, what, what they tend to do is they tend to beat themselves up because people aren't changing. And they think, maybe if I change the way I preach, maybe if I hoop more. Well, no, maybe if I teach more. Well, maybe if I only preach for 30 minutes. Maybe then more people will get it and be what? Changed. But, but, but if people are passive, if they have no intention to change, then nothing that that person does is going to make a difference. So passivity means existence without activity. We're here, but we don't plan on doing anything different. I'm going to do what it do. And I'm going to make it do what it do. I don't plan on changing anything. Preacher man, reverend, prophet, prophetess, evangelist. I ain't changing nothing. I'm just here. And then we look around and we see people changing all around us. Because they're not just here. Oh, they're here, but they, they have some activity with it. They have made adjustments after they heard the truth of the word of God. Are we waiting on something to overtake us and make us different? Are we waiting on the Holy Spirit to knock us out of our chair? We roll down the aisle like a bowling ball, knock over two or three elders at the altar, and then we get up and we're changed? Can I say something? Change has a lot to do with us. Do we want to be different? Do we want to make decisions daily that put us in a position to maintain a right relationship with God? Because we make decisions daily to sin. The devil's not overtaking us. He's introducing opportunities. And then we're making uh, decisions to become a part of it. God is introducing an opportunity for life. We have to choose. Choose ye this day. He didn't say, I'm going to come and take you over. And then you're going to live right. Choose ye this day. And every day you wake up is a this day. I'll say it again. Every day you wake up is a day. You have to choose every day. All day long, sir. Every day, every moment of every day, you have to make choices. Will I, won't I, shall I, shan't I? <laughs> Do I, don't I? Do I answer this call? Or do I ignore it? Do I keep it? Do I keep it so I can answer it when I'm feeling a certain way? Or do I put it in the block section? Now, you know that call need to be blocked. I don't know who it is, but you, you know that call need to be blocked. And you're still letting it come through. Why are you entertaining that? Thank you, Holy Ghost. 
Happy Mother's Day, by the way. It goes on to say that they were either ambivalent or oppositional. Ambivalent means that they were conflicted. They're, they're conflicted people who were in the room. I'm not saying they're conflicted people in this room. Could be, though. Conflicted means part of us wants Jesus and part of us wants the world. We know that Jesus is right. We know that Jesus is love. We know that he'll change us. But part of us still kind of want to do what we do. Part of us still want to do the stanky leg. You understand what I'm saying? Part of us, you understand? Part of us still want to dab. Somebody say part of us. Somebody say part of us. Part of us. Part of us. Part of us want to bless them, part of us want to curse them. I ain't conflicted, 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 right? You see what I'm saying? There's a conflict. We grew up in church. We know that Jesus is real. We recited the Easter speeches, Mother Trapio. We did all that. We did. Some of us went to Sunday school. We had to do the Bible verse. Remember, Lasana, we used to have to take the money up to the front, and we had to give a Bible verse when we gave the money. Remember that? Remember that? Remember? You remember those days? Had to get a Bible verse, and, we had to, and then you had to give the summary for the class. You remember that? I remember that. And we, so we know that God is real, because when we hurt, we call on him. When we get in trouble, when we about to get locked up, and them people about to, <laughs> Lord Jesus. Ain't nobody want to help me. Ain't nobody want to help Y'all got to, come on. I was sitting in that car that night. I drove up coming back to check my license. I was like, please, Jesus, please, Jesus, please, Jesus, please. Please, Jesus, please, Jesus. And that joker came back to the car, gave me my license, and, and just as he about to, just I know he about to do it. So he got a call about a shooting, and that was no longer a priority. I thank Jesus all the way home. Y'all messing around. I thank Jesus. I didn't say God. I said thank you, Jesus. Because I was gone that night. I was as wrong as I could be. But that shooting became the priority. I wasn't glad nobody got shot. I wasn't. But Bubba? I was so grateful that night, conflicted though, because I still wanted to live my foul life, but I wanted the benefits that he provided. See, because that's what people want. They want Jesus' benefits, but they won't want Jesus. I want you to watch out for people who just want benefits. Some people are not into you. They're into what you do for them. Watch those kind of friendships where every time you talk to them, they need something or want something. Watch that. So they're conflicted or either they were oppositional, which means they didn't care for him at all. And you would, you would say to yourself, Denise, why would they even go to hearing if they didn't like him? Yes, mother. Oh my God. They would sit up in there. 
I don't know if I can sit there and listen to somebody preach for two hours so I can figure out how to set them up. You got no love in your heart where you can sit there, wait for the woman to be in adultery, snatch her out of adultery and leave the man, and then drag her out in front of everybody and say, Moses said, stone her. You a hateful joker. You ain't got no love for God in your heart, nowhere, no how. But would do that just to get, just to set Jesus up. It wasn't even about the woman. It was about Jesus. Trying to set him up. That's some hate. And we talking about being hated. You ain't been hated. Till you've been hated like that. Hated Jesus all the way to the cross, baby. Jesus know about haters. Watch this. <laughs> Enthusiasm for Jesus and even proximity to him are not the same as faith. Enthusiasm for Jesus and close proximity to him are not the same as faith. You will read the Bible and find that there were a lot of people that were close to Jesus that never got nothing. In fact, in this particular story, you will find out there a house full of people and one got, got healed. Seemed like they were close to him, but they didn't have faith in him. So the power of God, Edward, can sweep through this church. And not everybody will be delivered. Any truth to that? I've I seen it happen. I've seen it with my own eyes. In fact, there were times when I would watch the power of God move and say, what's going on with them people? All that falling out and stuff. What they doing? I ain't doing that. That looks very undignified. I, will, this, I paid $20 for this shirt. I ain't falling on the ground. You lay your hand on me. I ain't going nowhere. I ain't going nowhere. I ain't, I ain't going nowhere. I ain't going. You ain't going to push me down. Meanwhile, people were being delivered. Set free, saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, healed, and I was still what I was. I ain't had no faith, but I was in the room. See, I thought I'd just share my testimony. But in case this is your testimony, just say, Lord, help me in here. Help me in here. <laughs> I've been there. Just there in the room. But the single most common attribute of Mark about crowds is that they obstruct access to Jesus. Or in today's language, crowds get in the way of people who really want Jesus. They block access. Crowds are not always a good thing. But in true Jesus fashion, no matter what the makeup of what the crowd was, if Jesus ever got a crowd, he preached the word to him. So I like Easter. I heard, I've seen people complain about Easter. Oh, the people that come, they only come once a year. Come one, come all. <laughs> Come on in here, boy. <laughs> it don't matter why you came. 
when you come, everybody's getting the same thing. Those who want it and those who don't. I'm sorry we don't cook two meals in here. My grandmama would tell you, boy, if you don't want chicken, you're going to go hungry. Because I ain't cooking chicken and meatloaf. It's one meal at a time in here. If you don't want the word, I'm sorry. That's all we got. Somebody shout, Destination Jesus. No matter, no matter who came, no matter who showed up, Warner, Jesus ain't had nothing for him but the word. So when the Pharisees came, the word. When the Sadducees came, the word. When the scribes showed up, the word. When the prostitutes came, the word. When the drunkards came, the word. When the tax collectors came, the word. When the high priest came, the word. That's all he had, and that's all they were going to get. he did. And he didn't shape that thing up and change that thing up. I mean, if he had some farmers, he'd give them something about farming. If he had some fishermen, he'd give them something about fish. But it always led back to what? That word. Men and women of God, it doesn't matter who you're standing in front of. All you have for them is the word. All my elders, all our ministers in the house, all you got is the word. Doesn't matter who the audience is. At the family reunion, I ain't got nothing for the word for you now. That's all I got. I don't have no little colloquialisms and sayings. I got scripture. I got scripture. I got Jesus. That's who changed me. That's who saved my, my life. That's who saved my soul. That's who got me off drugs. That's who got me out them streets. That's who showed me my value. That's who loved me when I didn't love myself. Amen. I'm going to give you who I have. Amen. Right. Jesus. If Jesus is so amazing to us, why don't we take more people to him? Instead of giving them our thoughts. If he's that amazing, if he's that awesome, if he makes us lift our hands, when we have family in crisis... We need to take them to who we go to in crisis. Jesus. Verse 4 gives support of the fact that crowds aren't always good, Elder. Because it gives support to that idea because they, they block authentic believers because here these men are. They, they're coming to Jesus specifically. But there's so many people, they can't get in. Right? So they couldn't get in the traditional way. So they had to be unconventional. By any means. They had to be unconventional. They, they had to switch things up. Sometimes the traditional. Sometimes the traditional way of doing it don't work. So sometimes you have to become unorthodox and unconventional. And you got to get in there. What I like about the pillar, the pillar said, if there's not a way, you got to make one. 
There wasn't a way, so they had to make a way. So these guys are standing on the outside, four of them with their friend. And they're standing on the outside, and they're saying, okay, we got to get this dude to Jesus. Because check it out, we've been carrying him, and now we're tired. No, you got to catch it. We've been carrying him, and now we're tired. We realize that all this time that we've been carrying him, he is getting no better. So now we're going to take him to the one who can, Jesus. Because we hadn't been able to do anything about what's wrong with him, although we've been carrying him. So I tell you what, we're going to get this man to Jesus today. So one of the guys said, let's take him up on the roof. And the way the houses were built, there would be three to four rooms, and, and, and they would have a courtyard, and, 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 and they had flat roofs. And the flat roofs would be covered with, with branches and, 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 and leaves and, and what they call thatch. Um, and like, like, like millings and, and, and like, 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 like sod. And, and they would put that on the roof. And, and, and they would sit up on the roof and pray. They would go to the roof and pray. Remember when Peter had the vision? He was on the roof. <laughs> and so they, they would go up on the roof and pray and have private time. Or they would sit there and relax and chill out. And, 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 but see, they, they went on the roof and they had these ladders that would, that would lead to the roof. Stairs and sometimes, depends on how wealthy they were. Some of them have stairs. And they would go up and stuff. But these guys said, okay. So imagine, I, I couldn't imagine them doing this with a ladder. But what if they did? How, how, how desperate do you have to be to see your friend delivered to carry him up a ladder on a, on a, on a, on a stretcher? But somehow they got that joker up on the roof, and, and they didn't live at that house. Now They started tearing up the people's roof. Might have been Peter's house, and you know Peter. Although a follower, he was a little bit unpredictable. So as I was studying this, I saw something, Joe. There was a traffic jam at ground level. So they had to take it to a high level. Catch that when you can. There was a traffic jam down here. So they had to go up here. Y'all, you gotta go a little... Y'all catch it, catch it. You see what I'm saying? See, there'll be traffic jams on this carnal level. Because this is where everybody's operating. But if you need something supernatural to happen, you got to raise the stakes. So they went to a higher place. And they, they, they dig up the, the roof. And I got it here on my Bible. I, I'll leave it up here. You can come up here and look at the house, the way the house looks. And, and so they, they dug that job. And they created an opening. They created an opening. They, they couldn't get one the normal way. So they, so they went extra, Julian, and they created an opening. And while many of us are waiting on God, <laughs> God says, I'm waiting on you. I'm waiting on you to bust a move. I'm waiting on you to ask me for something. You hadn't asked me for nothing just sitting in that room. You want to be delivered? Ask me for deliverance want to be saved. That's why you got to confess with your mouth and believe with your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. Then and only then will you be saved. You ain't going to be saved because somebody touched you. You ain't going to be saved because we splashed you with oil. You got to bust a move. You're going to have to say something. You want your child to be healed? Say it. Somebody shout, I got to say it. 
You want to be delivered? Say it! They created an opening. Let me hurry. Let me hurry. Let me hurry. This is what I want to say to you. Watch this. And when they created the opening, they lowered their friend. Got to let go of people you've been carrying. In order for Jesus to be able to work with them, you got to let them go. Because Jesus ain't going to work with them while you still holding them. You have got to let those children go. I know you don't want to, but you got to put them in the hands of God. You, God doesn't have anybody co-piloting with him. You got to give the husband to him. Give the wife to him. Give the children to him. And while you're in a giving mood, give yourself to him. How's he going to heal us when we're trying to heal us? Wouldn't we know by now that if we knew what to do, we would have done it? And then we're listening to people who just like us. All of us need Jesus. And they're saying, look, all I did was just rub some Crisco on my head and I got better. We're going to Publix to buy Crisco. Oh, man, come on. It is true, Angie. Everybody greasy. And there's no deliverance. Still stuck. Well, if I was you, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't cook him nothing. I wouldn't do that. Well, see, you single. You single, though. You single, though. You alone. Talking about you choose. All right. All right. Listen to that foolishness if you want. Been, been celibate for six months. Celibate for six months. Ain't going to give that up because somebody whispered something in your ear. Now you got to start over. And be convicted. And try to act like it didn't happen. Somebody touch your neighbor and say, come up a little higher. <laughs> trying, to get, trying to get free in a traffic jam. Thank you, God. About three weeks ago, the Holy Spirit spoke this to me. We must not get stuck. In the season of carrying or being carried. About three weeks ago, he spoke this to me. He wouldn't release me to preach this until today. We must not get stuck in the season of carrying or being carried. The some of us, we put so much on us. To carry people. 
If we allow people to obligate us at levels that we were never meant to be obligated at. We were supposed to get people to Jesus, not be Jesus. And when he started speaking to me, I started getting free. As he ministered to me, I started getting free. Because if, see, if I'm already, if I already have weaknesses, I know I'm supposed to bear my brothers and then I know I'm supposed to do that, but I'm supposed to help them get to Jesus for deliverance, not carry them all my life and theirs. But at the same time, I got to stop looking for folk to carry me. So I got to let some people off the hook. Well, if you don't say you love me just the right way, I don't feel love. Let them off the hook. Love yourself. Stand in the mirror and say, I love you, I love you, I love you. Oh, don't you know I love you? Oh, you so pretty. Yes, I do. I love you. Yes, I do. Take people off the hook. That's carrying. That's somebody having to carry you. Somebody don't tell you thank you or they, they miss something that you did and then you get mad. That's somebody having to carry you. We break relationships. We weaken covenants. Because people have to do this all in life. Do you want to feel better? Because carrying will make you feel better. Or do you want to be better? Jesus will make you better. Do you want it to be temporary? Or do you want it to be permanent? Because people can fix you and help you feel better temporarily. But God works in the realm of the permanent. Who can reverse what God has done? They tried to hire the man to curse the people. He said, I cannot curse what God has blessed. Jesus must be the destination. For all of us. Truth be told, everybody need to be at the altar. Everybody need to be laid out on their face. Pastor, elders, deacons, deacons in training, their wife, their children, their cousin, their mother-in-law, mothers of the church, daddies of the church, puppies of the church, fish of the church. Everybody need to be right here at the altar calling on the name of Jesus, believing for deliverance because he's the only one who can do it. He will not share his glory with another. So they get him in and they lower him down, right? This is our clothes. We're right on. We're good. We can now at 12. Y'all be able to go eat in a minute. Jesus saw their faith. He saw it. How can you see faith? How can you see it? Because you know how people will say, you don't know if I got faith or not. How are you going to tell me I don't have faith? But this said Jesus saw it. So faith is visible now, isn't it? <laughs> how do you see faith? I tell you how he saw it. Anybody who would carry this man up a flight of stairs 
go up on the roof, dig the roof out, and lower this man down, and you let them? Can you imagine Warner being on that mat and me and four guys carrying you up them steps? Boy, you got to have some faith because you can't jump off. You're paralyzed. No, I'm saying you can't jump. So you have to have faith. You must really want to be healed. You want to be healed. You ain't matter where y'all taking me. We going up on the roof. We going where? You know, some of y'all would say, put me down. Put me. But when he saw their faith, he didn't see four people's faith. He saw five people's faith. He saw the faith of the people who carried, and he saw the faith of the one who was being carried. Quit resisting. Come to Jesus. Stop, stop resisting. Stop acting like this is silly and it's a plaything. You better come to Jesus. It's, it's too late in hell. Ask that man who were down there and saw the, saw the leper. Say, go dip your finger in the water and come put it on my tongue. No, there's a chasm. There's a chasm. I can't come. Hey, Father Abrams, I can't come to you. And you can't come to me. Too late in hell. You can't repent in hell. Hell a real place, too. You don't know how real something is until you know it's real. Here's what blessed me, Elder Johnson. They didn't say a word. They never spoke. The four men never spoke. The, the five men. They never spoke. They didn't ask you to heal them. They never, they never said a word. Their action showed it all. Jesus did the speaking. You know what Jesus said? Son, thy sins be forgiven. Wait a minute now. Wait a minute. 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 Wait, 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 Right? I'm paralyzed. I ain't coming for forgiveness. I came here so I could walk. Hmm. Hmm. You think you think maybe Jesus knew something? That maybe forgiveness of sins is an indication of what was wrong and had its origins within the man himself? Question. What is it about us that needs to be dealt with? Jesus says, since you're here, I'm going to deal with all of you. You came for healing, but you know I'm in the wholeness. Yeah, yeah, you know, didn't you know, didn't they tell you I do exceeding and abundantly? <laughs> what, what is it? about us that needs to be you know what I'm saying handled by Jesus come on y'all marinate on that what what behavior what attitude what relationship what generational curse or what I like to call a gene rational curse I could because if you break up the word generational it is gene rational 
and we making it rash we make it rational because somebody in our family did it so we say because my mama did it it's okay for me to do it we make it gene rational my uncle had an attitude like this so it's okay for me to have an attitude like that because it runs in the family but somebody in the family has got to be the one to say no more Some years ago, some years ago, I spoke over my family. I spoke over my family because cancer run, ran rampant through my family. Grandfather and grandmother side, ran rampant. And I spoke, I decreed a word over our family that cancer was not going to continue to take us out. And that we were going to be the generation that would survive. But here's what I want to say. If we take that kind of authority over cancer, why don't we take it over anger? Because it's just as evil. Jesus always sees a need that we don't see. And all of us who are trying to carry people, there's stuff going on with those people we'll never see. We don't have insight to. That's why we carry people to Jesus. That's why we go to Jesus. You want to know why? Because Jesus deals with sources and not symptoms. We deal with symptoms because it's what we can see. He deals with sources because it's what he can see. He knows why people are the way they are. He knows what's wrong beneath the surface. So our destination is Jesus. Because he's the only one who can do for us what we really need. Yeah. He's the one I have for y'all today. His name is Jesus. Savior. Deliverer. Lord. Healer. Defender. Waymaker. Son of God. Savior. He is everything you need. He's everything you need. And if all the other things we have would do it, it'd be done. But it's not done, is it? Still that emptiness, still that hurt, still that pain, still that place that has never been touched. And the reason is because we've been trying to fix it with all this stuff in the traffic jam, George. But the only way to really be delivered is we got to go higher. Will somebody come to Jesus today? We have elders. Elder Dave, stand up. Ministers, please stand up. They're, they're all around this room, and I, they will bring you. They will walk with you today to come to Christ. They will walk with you today to come to Christ. Thank you.